Let I'm me kill your boner right there. Oh no, <laughs> I love my boner. Hello, welcome to episode 22 of yeah. uh, What A Way To Go, a podcast about um, unusual deaths, near misses and bizarre stories. You sound so unsure. Uh, That's it's what been, it's been for 21 episodes. It's been, episodes. been a little while and last week we shared it out and I've instantly forgotten. As if we were an answer phone machine, mm. like people used to do in the 90s. Yeah. Or in I Friends. missed that. I mean, you don't need an answer phone machine anymore, do you? I mean, I don't even have my voicemail on on my phone. It's you do not. Infuriating. You're disgusting. <laughs> if I'm yeah, ringing you in a work capacity... Just text me, text me. No, I'm not. If I'm your client, I'm not going to fucking text you. I my leave, clients literally text me. I want to I leave you a voicemail. Hi, Claire, it's Sarah from Yakult. Please can you ring me back about the 2019 paid media plans? Thank you. I don't want to fucking text you. I'm not your friend. I'm your client. You are my friend. That's well, the, that's just... the difference between me and you, Squares. Yeah, maybe. You're uh... friends of all your clients. <laughs> and we are your hosts, <laughs> not your clients. <laughs> Sorry, pal. Are we your clients? You're our no, clients. You're our clients. We're you're all our... each other's clients. Friends don't exist anymore. It's 2019. No, it's not. It's 2018. <laughs> Nearly 2019. I spent the whole day yesterday thinking it was 2019 and I was looking for some data in a spreadsheet and I was like, why is there no data from this year? <laughs> Fucking hell. I've lost so much stuff from this year. And then I was like, oh, it's 2018. Yeah. 2019. Absolutely. You. Panic. Um, so here we are. Yeah. I'm Eleanor. Oh, yeah, I'm Sarah. I'm Claire. We didn't do that last episode, did we? Did we not? Mm -mm. No. So we're back after a brief hiatus. The best as we've always been, except we've changed the format a little bit and we're every two weeks rather than every week on a Monday. So Mm. just to make it a little bit more bearable for us. But the concept of the podcast is that we're pals we're all dicks and we have, a, we have a few drinks and we tell each other stories that we think make people laugh that is the key that we are all dicks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's very that's very selling point selling point um, stories that are all about weird ways people have met their maker or nearly met their maker that's the point mm-hmm. that's, that's it yeah and it's every other week mm-hmm. and uh yeah who's kicking us off this week i think it's me okay Sarah, please, please, won't you tell us your fucking story? Will you? once, will you please tell us your story? Get on with it. Okay, so for the context of the listeners, um, we're recording this as a quickie on a Friday night (laughs) because we can't manage our own time. Um, So we're, we're all doing quite short stories in theory. And my story is hopefully a bit short. Um... And I'm going to start us off with a bang. Oh. Or nearly a bang. Oh, God, I'm so ready. And you'll get that reference. Is it Guy Fawkes? At the end of it. Oh, no, it's not, but maybe. Ooh. Maybe next time. So uh, my story is um, about the death of Felix Fever. And Felix Francois Fever, who was born in 1841 and died in 1899, was the president of France, because I've got a thing for presidents, Mm. clearly this is my third story about presidents. Um, He was president of France from 1895 until his death in 1899. Right. Cool. I'm assuming we're getting the 1899 end of his life. You absolutely are. No one knows the story, no? No. No one's French? No. N'est-ce pas? N'est-ce pas? Non, madame. Je ne sais pas le histoire ici. I really loved um, 
Tots TV because oh, she yeah. was friends. Qu'est-ce que c'est le sac magique? <laughs> Je suis un tot. Ah, yes. Anyway, sorry. Tilly. Tilly, yeah, she was great. Red-headed Tilly, she was great. Um, so, Felix, Felix, was born in Paris. He was the son of the small furniture maker Jean-Marie Fou and his first wife... Oh, did so, he? Um, sorry, did he make small furniture yeah, was or was he small? small? I think he wasn't, you know, like mass producing furniture. I think he was like on his own, like a kind of like oh, like small a business third, a third version. So it wasn't. Yeah, I thought of the miniaturist. <laughs> oh, imagine. Yeah, no, like, sorry, tiny, I tiny think tiny furniture, tiny tots TV furniture. Like when people get ripped off on eBay. Yeah, <laughs> he was just scamming all over France. You say that, but Steve's mum ordered. <laughs> A little cake. To, she ordered a cake display, like with a dome, and it was miniature, but like didn't even fit a cupcake. And honestly, we still laugh about it today. And it's been five years. It was like not, not even like a Mr. Kipling apple pie. It was like a tiny, tiny cupcake. How much was it? I mean, it was probably like six pounds. Fucking <laughs> hell. That's Which is that's still quite a lot. Then what is that useful for? That's not, using that? that's not cheap for a... That's not a good price for a, a cake display case. That's like daylight robbery for a cake display case. But I guess you just saw it and thought, oh, that's, that's exactly what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it goes to the <laughs> How so big are we talking about? People the size from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, basically. <laughs> are we talking about the size of a tangerine that like, fits in the palm of your hand? Probably a bit smaller, if I'm being honest. <laughs> She's a great cake no, maker, but, though. So yeah, no, like no, no, no show to Steve's mum because like that's easily done. Why do they not make it obvious on eBay? It's like the people that buy. There's a woman I've bought. Els and I actually have bought quite a lot of like gold eye masks, under eye mask things, haven't we? From Groupon in our past. There's a woman in that in our day. There's a woman that bought the gold face mask and it was like this big and it was like <laughs> just covering her nose bridge and a bit of her eyebrows and she's like, I don't think this is what I wanted. <laughs> Whose face is that for? <laughs> Dolls? I don't know. Dogs? No. Hamsters? No idea. It's not part of my marketing repertoire anyway Sorry, he was the son of a small business furniture maker mm, makes sense and then he as in felix the person the the protagonist started his professional career as a tanner which meant that he was processing and treating animal skins usually process, processing them in order to result in the leather used on the market so he would sell them for profit but then later on he became a merchant at la havre which was a port Let's not go into it. But because of this, and because he was up and coming, he became rich as fuck. He acquired considerable wealth. And then later on, he was elected to the National Assembly and took his seat as a member of the left. We. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we. Few. And then he he was predominantly interested in things that were concerning economics, railways, and the Navy. Cool. We all have hobbies. Cool. Um, I think we've all covered men with those hobbies. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that was all they cared about back then, right? Railways and ships. Yeah, basically. Gotta get somewhere. And then in November 1882, he became undersecretary for the colonies. And then, uh, well, that was was a lie. That was their other hobby in those days. That was the world as it was. Fine. Ruling the world. Um, And he retained that post until 1885. In 1893, he was made vice president of the chamber and then he became president in 1895. So there's 
obviously, there's more detail about him and his political career and the things that he did to earn his wealth before then, but that's not what the podcast is about. So, besides all of this political and social successes that he had, he had a few more customs and manners not so suitable for a public person. He was a very particular person... And he liked to travel in style. Travel in style. Luxury bitch. Luxury bitch. Like if it was us, we'd be in a fucking... What's the word we were talking about earlier? First class. First class. He'd be in a lounge. He'd be drinking that free champagne. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, he was very picky about clothing. Mm. I have got no idea where this is going. I don't know You're going to fucking love the ending then. Um, Apparently, Felix would change his clothing up to three times a day. That's too much. Is he Mariah Carey? <laughs> I don't even think she does that. Um, and he actually demanded the invention of, of a presidential costume with lots of details and elaborate embroidery, but it never got made because his entourage took the piss out of him and he got really self-conscious about it. Is that the, is this the Emperor's New Clothes? Is this the guy that's no, up naked on the street? No, no, it isn't. He was just particular about what he wore like he was just like cool he's a cool guy he wanted those cool crepes and those cool sweats you know like lots of embroidery yeah i mean who doesn't love embroidery um but he was a handsome man and he was known to have a soft spot for the ladies of course total edge of course. In 1897, he met Marguerite Steinhau, a French woman well known for her love affairs with famous and important men. She was a famous presence in the Parisian society having a salon, which, Googling, was an organised meeting of people having as target the exchange of ideas and gossip. So, like, it was kind of... The internet. The internet or your regular evening in the pub with people that, you know, do what you do. Frequented by important names, but I don't know these names. Frequented by important names like Gunard, Emil Zola, and Rene. Oh, Emil Zola is an amazing author. Oh, okay. And Rene Lalique or Jules Massenet, among many others. Shortly after. (laughs) We. Shortly after their meeting, Marguerite became his mistress, but to people around the president, she was officially presented as a psychological advisor. Cool. They would often of all the advisors that'd be the best one to be. <laughs> well, yeah, they would often meet for trysts in um, official builder, official buildings of the president. Oh, a tryst in an official building. In her memoirs, she wrote that a private detective dispatched by the president would accompany me to the Elysee Palace. I always ended through a little door overlooking the gardens. He ended through a little door as well, <laughs> didn't he? I crossed the ground floor and reached the blue drawing room where the president was waiting for our in quotations, work session. So... <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> you were about to say that at the same time as me. I think. Ooh la la. She, Ooh knew, la. she knew what she was up to. So she was his mistress, but she had other people on the go. Um, this is just of the time. This is what was happening. But actually only a couple of years after they met, what appeared to just be another usual love meeting between the two turned into tragedy. On February 16th, 1899, Felix and Marguerite were alone in the drawing room, as they often were, when a powerful scream was heard. (gasps) Servants in the palace ran to help. What they saw was a macabre scene. 
Marguerite was shaking while President Felix Fauve was suffocating on the sofa. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Felix suffered a cerebral hemorrhage as Marguerite was giving him a blowjob. No! No! Oh, no! Bit of blue for the dads. Bit of blue. (laughs) Did you Google death by blowjob? No, this came up on a Reddit day, obviously. Of course it did. Oh, no. Uh, so he had a seizure whilst he was getting blown um, <laughs> and then he died that evening. Oh, no. Um, so a, a quote from the um, valet at the time is, uh, the president was found with his hand clenched in her hair and the president's aides had to hack her hair. Oh, God. But they did it with such clumsiness <gasps> that her skull was no! cut. What? Oh, Christ. What is happening? <laughs> Why would you? Well, I mean, it's just was she okay? Pandemonium. Yeah, she was. She was fine. She lived. She was fine. Pandemonium. Pandemonium at the end of that. Um, but because obviously it happened in the trysts of love, um, that it was a a bad time. But apparently, apparently there isn't total proof that it was during fellatio that it actually happened. But she was half naked. (laughs) He was half naked and that was all that was reported after he died. So the political press at the time had an absolute fucking ball with the accounts of his death and it was full of cheeky innuendos. So some of the um, the press was, Felix Fu passed away in good health, indeed from the excess of good health, wrote French daily Jules no, Blas in February 1899. Too, yeah. too healthy to live. Well, it's too healthy, healthy exclusions. Um, and there was also a lot of puns around the time. So Marguerite was nicknamed La Pompe Funebre. I can't, I'm not French, I can't speak French, which roughly translates to funeral pump. Oh my God. <laughs> Come on. Um, and then Georges Clemenceau's <laughs> epitaph of Felix in the same trend was Il voulait être Césaire. Il ne fut que Pompe, which could have meant that he wished to be Caesar but ended up as Pompey, or he wished to be Caesar and ended up being blown. Wow. So, yeah, he died by getting a blowjob. What a way to go. What a way to go. Sorry, Funeral Pump is the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely the title of this episode. Fair play, absolutely fair play. But there you go, that's the story of my third president of the 22 episodes that we've done. French Felix, Francois. What a way to go! Felix. Like if you are, if you're gonna go, like, I mean, not? yeah, fair play. I'd love to go. In flagrante, yeah, as they say. Right. Well, <clears throat> well done, Felix. I mean, this is a quickie, and I've done a. Sex, that was a quickie. I've done a sex <laughs> story. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a sex story. So, what more do you want from me? I think we're done. All right then. See <laughs> Bye. ya. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. So, okay. daily. Yeah. Let's go. What you what you saying? So, I need to give you a little bit of preamble. Fine. Uh, okay. Love it. Maybe a couple of layers of preamble. Okay. <laughs> Daily loves preamble. Because for a kickoff, mm-hmm. I had a crisis of confidence as I was coming over here. Claire Daily doesn't Literally. have crisis yeah. of confidence. Oh, Who's that? I have crises of confidence. <laughs> Literally an hour ago because I was like this story is wicked and then I was like it might be a murder. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. So I it think... doesn't really 
Does it count? Yes, because I am fairly sure that we've done ones that could easily be in a murder, such as the one I did the last South week. One. The oh, South yeah. Bo- like, yeah, yeah. actually, a- any of the anything I've done, basically, <laughs> encroaches onto murder. So any of the disappearances mm. might be. And then also mm. I was thinking the... Um, the South Pole one is like that was probably probably a yeah. murder, definitely. As long as they're a bit ambiguous and it's not a definitive murder. I, th- I mean, this is <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> but it's interesting as fuck. So let's okay, see. Well, anyway, we'll see. This is what I've got. So we're ever going to cut. Daddy wasn't here this week. This is, what, this is what's happening. You're getting Fine. it. And then I also p- part of my crisis of confidence, which I can probably cut out if this isn't the case. I wondered if my favourite murder had done this. But I'm hoping not. Okay. So let me tell you. Which is one of our favourite podcasts. Yeah. A mutual favourite podcast between. I had had a real panic that, like, fucking hell, what if Karen and George You just did a move that really just reminded me of Craig David on the cover of um, (laughs) Born to to Try. Try? Yeah. That. No, that's not it. Born to Do It. Born to Do It. Born to Try. It's not Born to Do It, is it? It's Born to Do It. Born to Try was. a song Delta by Goodrum. Delta Goodrum, yes. <laughs> Fuck, we're old. Amazing. No, born to do it. <laughs> for the to paint a picture for the listeners, like we are all sitting around with he- like very full size headphones on, and then like a microphone in front of us with like the the <laughs> big circular yeah, kind of like lollipop. Craig David, <laughs> yeah, you album really could have been David. more Craig David right now. Was it That's born to do it? Really? Yeah, born to do it. Born Christ. to try is not an aspirational album title. <laughs> Okay, no, I get that actually <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah I, I had to go. <laughs> I had to go, but it was terrible, and I still got number one. So it's fine. <laughs> terrible time. Anyway, so, let me right. get so with those two things notwithstanding, I'm also going to give you a third caveat. I'm going to tell you how I arrived at my current story. I might be overregging it. Fine, whatever. Don't. I don't give a fuck. I'd like to know. It gives me a sense of yeah. your day. Let me yeah. know about so your tell anxiety. Me, tell, me, tell me. I'm going to tell you about the journey that I've been on. Mm. So, um, Vice.com, the journalism website, I guess. Journalism? <laughs> yeah. News. Vice. Yeah. News? News-ish. So, they Hipster recently, news. this week, they tweeted about boats full of corpses that were washing up in Japan. What? Oh, God. Right. Correct reaction. And I was like, what the fuck is this all about? Let me check this out. This sounds like a good story for my famous podcast, What a Way to Go. <laughs> Did you tweet that to them? <clears throat> yeah. Have you checked out my very famous podcast? <laughs> Have you checked out my excellent podcast? So I was like, okay, right, I'm going to look into this. So I was looking at the article and effectively boats full of either corpses or skeletons keep washing up on a particular, like, northeast shore of Japan. Oh. I'm so in right now. I could not be any more in. Let me stop you there. Oh, Christ. Let me kill your boner right there. Oh, no. <laughs> I love my boner. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. And oh. then it just turns out they're probably just refugees trying to escape <gasps> North Korea. Oh, oh no. God. Very, oh, my God. Very, very <laughs> sick. Yeah, right. Sorry. There's, You've there's really that. led me up a garden path here, <laughs> Daily. I'm not happy. I'm taking you on the journey that I went on. Let okay. me tell you. So I wanted to talk about these corpse boats and then it turned out, oh, fuck me. It's depressing. It's like oh, yeah. the most depressing thing. These are people trying to leave North Korea and dying in rowboats and then like washing up in the shores of Japan. <laughs> okay, cool. Yep. Sorry, that's the world we live in. So what that then led me to was more 
intriguing North Korean deaths. Oh, oh dear. Because everyone knows North Korea is the most intriguing country in the world. Yeah. I know what this one is, I think. I was going to do it. Oh, shit. Not this week, but I no, I think I know what it is. And I was like, that would be fucking great. And it's not really, it's, it's sort of a murder, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please, please can I was... No, 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 no. Tell you the do. story. You <laughs> can you give a one sentence to what you think it is? Is it going to be the same thing? Okay, I'm going to say one word. Airport. Yes, mate. Oh, yes. okay. Okay. That is where I'm taking you. This is a, this Let is, me... Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. Let me take you to Kuala Lumpur so International Airport in February 2017. Oh, okay. I'm there. I'm there with you. Nary uh, two... How many months 18 ago? months like, ago. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> quite recently. <laughs> sure. Dates ago. Uh, no. Some days. Time ago. Days. I'm going to tell you about the death of Kim Jong-nam. Okay. So... Kim Jong-nam is the half-brother of King Jong-un. Oh, okay. Kim Jong-un. Okay, yeah. So, on the 13th of February, 2017, Kim Jong-nam was at Kuala Lumpur International Airport queuing up in the queue for his flight to Macau. And I will say this at this moment, every single article that I read about this really emphasises the fact that it was a budget airline. <laughs> <laughs> slumming it. Absolutely it's slumming it. Really shade. Just getting the like, easy jet of Kuala Lumpur. Every single one. It's like, oh, the budget terminal, the budget airline, the budget terminal, the budget airline. So, all right, mate, we fucking get it. We get it. Maybe mm. they're trying we've to paint a picture. We've all been there. He was in the equivalent of, like, the Ryanair. Fine. Sometimes we've got to do that. So 40... All the time. <laughs> all the time. Literally every time. Every I get single on, time. Get on, no, no other flight. <laughs> so... 45-year-old Kim Jong-nam is at Kuala Lumpur International Airport queuing, waiting to get on his flight when a woman comes up to him, sprays something in his face and then wipes his face with a cloth. Minutes later, he's dead. What? And this is February 2017. I remember this happening loosely. I remember hearing about it. I don't remember the detail. So, that detail. So a little bit about um, Kim Jong-nam is that he... So he's the eldest son of Ch- Kim Jong-il, if you remember well, Kim Jong-il. We all remember, we all remember Kim Jong-il. Um, so he's the, eldest, he's the eldest son. But he was... So, I mean, I feel like it's very difficult to explain everything because also a third caveat to my story is that it goes on and on and on and on and there's literally, like, essays and pages and pages and pages and it hasn't actually stopped. So I'm going to tell you as much of the story as I can. But obviously North Korea is very kind of... Closed doors is very mysterious. But basically the the word has it that Kim Jong-nam was the oldest son and was something of a rebel within the North Korean, you know, I don't know, they're literally called royalty, the North Korean, like, Mm. presidency, the North Korean leadership. They are royalty, aren't they? And in 2001, he was thought to have fallen out of favour after embarrassing the regime because he tried to go to Japan on a fake passport to go to Disneyland. Oh, he wanted to see Mickey Mouse. He just wanted to like pop put out. On the ears. Just get out of there for a little bit. Just like a little break. A <laughs> little break. A couple of weeks. Just pretend that 
Disney is everything. Tokyo Disneyland. It is for a lot of people, to be fair. Mm. So he tried to do that. And he, he was fell busted. foul of the he regime. He was busted. And then basically the narrative would have you believe that since that point he was Because totally he died after King Jong-il died. No. Uh, yes, yeah, no, yeah, he would have, yeah. So Kim Jong-un became... Yes, yeah. So Kim Jong-un, current leader of Korea, is his younger brother. And he became leader of Korea before yes. 2017, yes, didn't exactly. he? So yeah, that yeah. doesn't necessarily make sense because he's the older brother and he should have been well, first in line. Well, exactly. So Prince 2001, Charles. 2001... He we tried... always talk about Prince Charles on this podcast. <laughs> but... Comes up a lot. So 2001, he disgrace the regime by trying to go to Disneyland. Yeah, mm-hmm. fine. What a way um, to go. He was exiled in 2003. So here's the here's the kicker. He was exiled from North Korea in 2003 and then basically from that point on he became a critic of his family's regime. <laughs> this is me. Like... This is exactly what I would do if I was him. I, I tried to go to Disneyland. I, I, got, I just I got... wanted to go to Disneyland to go on Magic Kingdom. And they you fucked me off and fucking now... Fucking cut me out. So now I'm going to tell everyone your stupid secrets, you fucking idiots. Come at me. Come at me. Bitches. Mm. So that's who... Kim Jong-nam was. That's kind of where we're starting from. I'm a big supporter of him. We go back to February 2017 and he has been, what I'm going to say is assassinated. Sounds like it. Yeah, sounds. With the use of a nerve agent called VX, which is banned by the United Nations and it's a weapon of mass destruction. And there are theories that it is stockpiled by North Korea, which is... To use the parlance of young people in London, bait as fuck, mate. (laughs) Yes. Bait. Absolutely, yes. So VX is a chemical weapon banned by the Chemical Weapons Convention of 1993. North Korea, which has not ratified the convention, is suspected of holding a stockpile. So poor old Kim Jong is like... Stood at his budget airline. We get it. Yes, yeah, budget. Fine. Budget, fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he was exiled, he might not have been getting any money. Anymore. Maybe he thought getting on a Ryanair flight was the worst thing to happen to you that day. <laughs> no, you get fucking shot in the face, basically. So he's then a woman comes up to him, sprays something in the face, and wipes something, and then he dies literally within minutes. So so far, this just sounds like an assassination, right? This is not really what a way to go podcast. Yeah. Fodder, yes. if you will. Yes, I agree. Let me tell you about the women mm. that done it. <laughs> so the two women that were subsequently arrested and charged with his murder slash, slash assassination were the Vietnamese lady Doan Thi Huang and an Indonesian lady called Siti Asia. So you may remember that... Um, Doran Huang was on the news for literally having delivered the fatal blow mm-hmm. with the cloth and the spray um, because she was wearing a long sleeve white T-shirt that said LOL on it. Do you remember this? No. At all? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post the photo on Instagram, but I remember this when I then started researching the story. I remember it was like this Vietnamese assassin was wearing a white T-shirt that said LOL in capital letters. Enjoyable. Yeah, like so weird. But... Their defence, which is ongoing and the trial is to finish in January 2019. Ooh. Right? Their defence is they thought they were on a TV prank show. Oh, yeah. 
so interesting. They kind of were, to my mind, and for what I've read up, they were kind of groomed. So let me tell you. So the the, the trial has basically been going on since May 2018 up until like this minute, and we're in November 2018 at the minute. Within their trial, the two ladies' trial, um, there's this guy called Guyan Bik Tui, who is a bar owner and Huang's friend, who gave this statement. Um, yeah, so we, me and Huang used to work together as waitresses. They're in a bar. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, what's the word? Paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. <clears throat> but basically, Huang met this guy who offered me a job as an actress, but I refused because I need to take care of my young son. And then he reduced. He introduced me to one of his friends. I remembered Huang the woman who's been arrested and charged, loved acting and contact- contacted this friend. When Huang came by the bar to meet Lee, I heard him telling Huang that his team was making prank videos at the airport and she was required to, quote, dress nicely, pass by another person and pour a cup of liquid on his or her head. And then throughout the trial, um, Huang has been saying, like, basically that they are totally innocent. Like, it's... There are two things that, two things to be argued here: whether or not they assassinated Kim Jong, which they, I mean, he they had v, he had VX nerve agent in his body, like they absolutely did. Yeah, so that's mm. that's how he died. Yeah. Right? So yeah. the case in point is whether or not they knew they were doing it, mm. which is super fascinating. So there's lot. So um, VX, if you're interested, is um, we are. yeah, is like. Obviously, one of the most destructive and horrendous substances known to man, but it's sort of like an oil. It's a bit like an oil if you dripped it on paper. So you could, if you had like a big sponge in your hand, you could drip VX on it, and as long as it didn't touch your skin, you're fine. Like, you're not going to breathe it in or anything like that. It's when it touches your skin, because it's oil, it doesn't evaporate and doesn't vaporise and doesn't go in the air and go into your lungs or anything. So it literally has to touch your skin for it to kill you and Heads then the when, wiping yeah and when it does it's literally within minutes but there's theories that the they sprayed him first with like water and that it that was like a decoy and then actually it was on the cloth that they wiped oh, his face right. with oh. so it was like they went up to him and squirted him with water and then wiped his face and it was actually in the cloth rather than in the water because they were both they neither of them died one of them was vomiting for like a long time after but like neither of them died so that implies that it wasn't, it wasn't whatever was yeah. over their hands or in their you know whatever they were touching wasn't really mm-hmm. so anyway part of their trial um their defense lawyer um screened video of CCTV recorded at a different international airport within Vietnam i think um on which her, on which the, on which the girls played a prank on a Vietnamese government official, less than two weeks before the attack. So basically, it shows Huang approaching the man from behind. This government official it shows her approaching him from behind, putting her arms around his neck, to like prank him. And then another separate CCTV video from like very public spaces, more like international airports. Um, showed Huang acting as the victim of pranks played by a Vietnamese filmmaker. Um, and this was all basically, all of these, all of this footage was presented as evidence of the fact that the girls didn't know. Yeah, what that, was... that's what they thought they were doing rather yeah. than it being 
malicious. Yeah, exactly. So basically now the the trial of these two women has been going on since May this May 2018. I do know what year it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then there is now in Malaysia the court date is set for the 7th of January 2019 for the two women charged with murdering the North Korean leader's half-brother to begin the defence. It is absolutely nuts. And there's lots of... So, basically, part of when... I, as soon as I started unravelling this thread, there's obviously literally acres and acres and acres of chapters and writing and mm-hmm. loads of discussion and articles and everything <clears throat> could go into, like, the politics of as soon as... As soon as it was defined that VX had been used to kill this guy, um, massive political difficulties between Malaysia and North Korea. There's lots and lots of like politics that come into it. But to my mind, the interesting thing was that these women are saying they didn't even know what they were doing. Yeah. That's, it's so sad. It's so yeah. sad. They were kind of used as pawns. Yeah. In this kind of... Or were they? But yeah, I mean, I think they were. Well, <laughs> it sounds like they were. Yeah. And if they've been... If, if it was the first thing that they did, maybe maybe not. But if there's other examples of them being... Yeah, like, have they found any other link to why they would possibly... No, not at all. I think they were groomed. I think they were... What, like what do they call I think they were, like... They were ran by the... Is there a reason why he would have been killed, apart from the Disneyland thing, which seems a bit weird? Well, you know, he was a defector of the North Korean regime. So he said said bad things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, fine. He was was the son of Kim Jong-il and then was like, no, see, this is bullshit. I live in the West This is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's fucking sad. Yeah, it's really sad. It's really bizarre. It's legitimate, though. We'll allow it. Well done, Daly. Sorry. It was literally, as I was walking down, I was like... This is a murder or an assassination. I felt like assassination is a bit different, isn't it? Yeah. No, it is. It's fine. Yeah, we'll allow it. Totally Thanks. Works. Yeah, very fascinating story. Okay. I'm also doing an old French dude. Hey, this is what we want. Louis. The French. Louis. Mine is um, quite a lot older than yours by okay. about 200 years. Ooh. Slightly more so. Definitely uh, dead then. Well... We can guess. Oh, no, he's, no, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's a vampire. Imagine. Are you saying? Here he is, <laughs> guest star on the podcast. Come on him. Uh, yeah, abs- absolutely dead. And I'm hundred percent dead. Hundred percent dead. And I'm going to tell you how that happened. Oh, good. The point of the podcast. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, Jean Baptiste Pocalin, more famously known as Molière, his, his stage name. And he um, was born in January 1622. So we are going long way time back. Way, way, way back. None of us will remember it. Long time ago. We weren't there. He was a French playwright, actor and poet. Um, he was, I think, pretty big time. He, um, some people probably listening to this will be like, yeah, like Molière, yeah. I've not heard of him. <laughs> no, Sorry, no. Guys. Jean-Baptiste, I've heard him like my lifetime but I don't know if that's the right person no I mean that was his first name as well so there's probably quite a few yeah I'm sure I'm sure there's more than I think there was someone on Hollyoaks called Jean-Baptiste in Hollyoaks I think there was John Luke oh yeah John John Luke Luke and Craig alright apparently his plays have been translated into every major living language so he's yeah big big old famous poet French poet playwright weird that I mean I don't think any of us have heard of him I mean Mm. I have because you said he's a poet, so I'm sure like, I have, sure. 
I'll say that I have. Sure. Yeah. No, anyway, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so uh, he decided <laughs> kind of to. A big deal. Um, I think he was born into quite a wealthy family, but when he was twenty-one, he decided he'd abandon his social class and pursue a career on the stage. Um, so he started up the Illustra Theatre. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Lots of badly worded yeah, French stuff here. I did not. Yeah. Um, which he started with the actress Madeleine Bejart. So they were having a lovely time being bohemians in France, in Paris, in the 1600s. I mean, that's probably all right. I imagine there's quite a lot of people just dying in the yeah, 1600s. Yeah, I bet it stank as well. Do you know mm, what I mean? Definitely. Um, so apparently Molière is France's greatest comic playwright. Um, and that he is quite unique in that he directed most of his plays. Um, and he... <laughs> Wrote the best parts for himself. Of course. Cool guy. Cool Why dude. Not? You Why would. Yeah. Come on. I'll do it. I can do it better than you. Fuck off. <laughs> um, so, in 1673, he wrote uh, a play called The Hypochondriac, which is quite ironic. Um, and you'll find out why. <laughs> In that play, he spoke the words, Your Molière's an impertinent fellow. If I were a doctor, I'd have my revenge. When he fell ill, I'd let him die without helping him. I'd say, go on, drop dead. Nice. Foreboding. Foreboding. It is foreboding. He was quite a one for taking the piss out of himself, I guess. He liked to cast an ironic light on his own life. Um, Before he wrote The Hypochondriac, he uh, wrote a play called The School for Wives. Cool. Interesting. Sounds great. Um, Which was the first of his uh, great comedies. I'm sure you know (laughs) his repertoire. Sounds hilarious. Um, And in that, he played the part of a ridiculous older bachelor who wanted to marry a very innocent young girl who was decades younger than him. Of course he did. The girl escapes um, and gets with a man her own age. Sensible. (laughs) But the reason that that was quite funny or ironic is because Molière himself had recently married uh, a 22-year-old girl when he was 40. That's Mm. true. So it's fine, fine though, because he recognised it and he wrote about it and they laughed about it, so... You know, cool. Don't need to worry about that. Cool, 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 cool. Later on, he carried on like taking the piss out of himself. He wrote an informal sketch about the school for wives being criticised. So, like a critic taking the piss out of that play, and um, he didn't defend his play on stage. He played an absurd Mar- Marquis. 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 No. Marquis. <laughs> Marquis. A Marcus? <laughs> Joint tent. No, a M A R Q U I S. Yeah, the mark like yeah, the Marquis. Yeah, like, the, like the Marquis de Sade. Marquis de Grande. It's like a, it's like a, the equivalent of maybe a mayor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he played an absurd Marquis um, who attacks Molière and says about the school for wives, I've just been to see it, it's detestable. And then someone says, oh, tell tell us about what's wrong with it. And the Marquis says, how should I know? I didn't even bother to listen. So, Prick. Yeah, you know, he's picking up on the fact that everyone thought it was shit. <laughs> Sounds um, shit. So basically, he's a master of irony. And apparently in the 1600s, everyone thought that was well funny. <laughs> cool. Um, I don't really get it myself. So he's going around. He is Those noobs. 
They didn't know anything. No, they really didn't. Uh, he's writing plays. He's taking the piss out of himself. He's quite famous. People are loving it. Fast forward nine years to the hypochondriac. Now, Moliere was not a well man. He suffered from pulmonary tuberculosis, which he possibly contracted when he was uh, imprisoned for debt as a young man. Now, I thought TB was fairly fast acting. Like, I didn't know you could just, like, live with TB for years, unless there's different strands. Anyway, doesn't matter. If anyone knows, tell me. I just think about badgers. Badgers carry TB, don't they? TB is like a massive global health crisis, by the way. Is it? I saw it's a like tweet. A, it's like the next HIV. Have I got really? TB? No. Oh, okay. I saw a tweet by Jess Phillips the other day saying that someone in her like constituency came to tell her that she. But had you can TB. get it from animals, right? Yeah. You can get it from badgers, which is different to like FIV. I, think, which I know. Is... I think cows can get it from badgers. So the whole thing about TB and badgers is that cows get it. Oh right. And which... then dairy stocks are wiped out. Fine. So it's not really people. I should be careful. Actually, I've never had the vaccination for it. They got rid of it in my county. Kids didn't have to have it because they thought it was fine. But it's coming back. Coming back in a big way. Making a comeback. Resurgence of TB. TB. Woohoo. Um, so, he wasn't a very well man. During a, a performance of the hypochondriac, where he plays a man who thinks that he is ill all the time, hence the title. Yes, well, it's the yes. hypochondriac. Yes. Mm. Um, We're with it. We're engaged. Yeah. Uh, so. He he was he was of course the lead in that because he liked to cast himself as the lead. Arrogant. Yeah. Fine. I feel like we really cast aspersions on a lot of these men that we never met, and they might have all been lovely, and we're all just like, yeah, oh, you're a prick. But nothing compared to like your prick. story about the man who loved blood transfusions. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't like think we've been meaner than we are to him. <laughs> we were not happy about him. We were not fair. No way. To him. So it's a joke, though, isn't it? Don't matter. Oh, he's yeah. dead, so gives <laughs> also, a Also, he's dead. He's very dead. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Yes. So, it was in February 1673 that the performance of the hypochondriac went on. I think it had been going on for a while. Um, Moliere plays the... Um, main chap. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the play, he is grimacing a lot and coughing a lot because he is thinking that he's ill all the time. So, the play is coming to its climax. Moliere is playing the old man. He is in his armchair. He's surrounded by figures that are dressed as doctors, welcoming uh, him into their brotherhood. The afterlife. Fine. Uh, he takes the Latinos juru. Anyone know what that means? No. No. No, I don't either. I should have looked it up, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. Good we chat. We don't need book smarts. Good chat. His face crumbles and the audience are, what is wrong with him? But, you know, obviously he's playing a sick man. He falls into his chair, but he is smiling. People think that everything is fine. However, he is coughing and having trouble breathing. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, he collapsed. 
burst on stage in a fit of coughing and hemorrhaging, but the hemorrhaging hemorrhaging <laughs> taken over me. Um, but the performance is still happening. It's getting to the end of the performance, and the audience are none the wiser that this is not a part of the play. What is actually happening is that Moliere is succumbing to the tuberculosis that he's had for a while, um, but he insisted on carrying on whilst the play ended around him. He did get taken to his home and he didn't receive the last rites because two priests refused to visit him and a third was too late. Yeah, so he died on stage, ironically, whilst playing the role of a man who thought he was sick all the time whilst having made a career out of taking the piss out of himself constantly. And apparently uh, the superstition that wearing green brings bad luck is said to to actors is said to originate from uh, from that because he was wearing green when he died on stage. Oh. Mm. That kind of feeds back into our Paris green, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. Careful. But also, like, the whole idea of that kind of thing happening is, like, one person had that happen to them, so you can't smear everybody with that. No, I'm sure lots of people have worn green on stage and just lived. Just lived, just absolutely, absolutely fine. fine. Absolutely yeah. fine, yeah. Yeah, so that is Moliere and uh, his ironic death. death. This part of the podcast is where we like to lighten the mood because we've talked about people dying thus far and we talk about girl crushes, which are... Women that we think are good. Fit. Fit. Well, they're either doing like really worthy stuff or they just look good. We just like them for whatever reason. Mm. Just winning. Just All around winners. Hashtag, well hashtag um, squares. What are you saying? Who's your girl crush? So I can't have Ocasia Cortez uh, again, uh, even though she's absolutely. I feel like you maybe can. Oh, no, no, she's fucking smashing the internet at the moment. So I'm just going to go real easy and just say all of the women in Glow. Yeah. Because in well after we after we did our last episode and we had a break, I had two weeks off of work didn't do much but I watched the entire two series of Glow and I'm obsessed with it it made me cry it made me laugh it made me smile it was amazing I just I love it I think it's a brilliant brilliant program it's on Netflix if you haven't watched it and I can't really pick a favourite character obviously I love Alison Brie I think she's brilliant in it. I loved her aka Elves aka Elves um, I loved her in Community but and also she's banging like her one handed pull ups are like much to be desired on Instagram but I just love I love <laughs> I love all of the characters I think it's brilliant it's very much a female focused kind of program um, it's it's quite inclusive you know obviously it's got different races it's got different um body types that kind of thing and I really love the characters they have and I can't wait for series three I'm really excited and um I weirdly fancy Mark Maron yeah um, I'm with you mate we've talked about this before yeah he's one of those people where it's like well you kind of have that like charisma yeah and he does in in glow like I, I listened to a couple episodes of what the fuck 
because he had a bomber on and blah blah Mate. blah. And then when I started watching Glow, I didn't realize that that was him. And I was like, mm, who's this <laughs> silver head fox? <laughs> and it's fucking Mark Maron. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. his character is a dick, but I'm yeah. like, oh, I kind of get it. And I'd get on board of it if I was one of the girls. Mm-hmm. And he fucks Kate Nash in it. And Kate Nash is cool as fuck. It's weird that he is attractive because he is like he's very 50. 80s and he's quite old and he's got yeah, he's quite old. that like it's just like the the look is not a good one and yet you're sort of sat there thinking I don't know why yeah I I love all the women in Glow I don't really have a favorite and it's I think it's such a cool show. So your girl crushes the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling, and I actually haven't watched the original documentary about it, so I'd need to get on that. But yeah, all of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling is my girl crush of the week. Nice Very one. Good. I haven't seen all of it. Um, I think I, I haven't it. even finished the first episode. But what? Was, uh, not episode. Sorry, uh, series. series. Oh, a few. Um, but I did think. Oh, maybe I should have done that as a theme for the pate because it goes up to 1989 but there's some good inspo for costumes there i think i don't have a good enough thigh gap to do a lady of wrestling i don't think that's the point that's the point bold with a thigh gap no that's the point of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling that they were just normal ladies especially in glow actually really have you seen it like it's just it's it's just everyone all i've seen is like the 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 six very thin women in the first no 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 there's, there's, it's, it's a mix, definitely a mix. Dows, what's your girl crush? Super simple, because we talked about it earlier, it's Kristen Bell. Yes. So, um, and I were talking about her earlier. She is, I've never really given her a second thought. She was Veronica Mars. That was kind of like her big breakthrough thing. And she's now in... Um, the Good Place. The Good Place, which we talk about all the time. So I'm not going to go on about that anymore. But... She is excellent and very funny, very, very sharp comedic actress that yeah. I had not ever given any consideration to before. Her husband is Dax Shepard, who does like quite an interesting podcast that I listen to, and they were on... They were... <laughs> Sorry, I've spent the last three minutes going, who the fuck is Christian Bale other, other than da-da-da? Like, because I thought you said oh, Christian Bale. Bale. Christian Bale. <laughs> and I've just realised that you said Christian Bale, and I know... Exactly who that is. So I'm gonna definitely go not from a man, not Christian Bale. To, um, yes, I love her too. Christian Bale, mm. not Christian Bale. Although I do, I really. Oh, I love I mean, Christian Bale. But yeah. isn't he a problematic fave? Like I feel like he is a problematic fave. Yeah. I thought Wait, maybe because of the the shouty thing. Well, I think he, he might be. Oh, did he do domestic mm. abuse as well? Yeah. Oh. It's like mum and sister. I think. I think there might be some anger management issues there. Yeah, maybe. yeah I think there's definitely anger management. So issues. let's let's scrap Christian anyway, Bell. Back to Christian, scrap Christian Bell. Kristen Kristen Bell. Bell. Yeah, no, I'm um, absolutely there with you. And that's it. And I think she's hilarious. Yeah, she's very very funny. Like, just very funny. Like deadpan funny yeah, a lot. Deadpan, very funny. Danny and I were talking about. Uh, do you watch Good Place? Yes, mate. I think I've spoken to you about it a hundred times. times. Oh yeah, I think I was the last one in actually. Yes, actually. Yeah, you were. But yes, I watched it. The episode that I watched today had the iguana in it. I mean, any <laughs> reference you tell me now, I will have forgotten instantly because I don't retain <laughs> anything. But I just love pets and 
small animals anyway, but it was like an iguana with a hat on. She was like, blah, 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 made my iguana a small hat. Isn't it stupid? And it was just so funny. I think I started crying. That what, I what, what series? It's, it's this the, like the a recent one. episode. Oh, I'm not very far into it. Okay, them, that's yeah. not a spoiler, that's but it's <laughs> just... So now I know everything. So ah! an iguana got a hat in the El- end. El- Finally. Eleanor gets a lizard. Just FYI. It was an iguana, lads. Come on. Um, but it was honestly really, really funny. You've got to catch up. It was yeah, so funny. I do need to catch up and behind on. on I really enjoyed it. Anyway. Nice. Good, good nice shout, one. good shout, good nice shout. One. Yeah. Um, Desiree Birch. Mm-hmm. Because she's a comedian and I've heard her on podcast before and then Matt and I went to Up the Creek again which is like very good they do this really good thing on a Sunday which is like seven quid and they have so many good names on it's Greenwich yeah in Greenwich yeah um, and she was one of the support acts and she was just very funny because basically it was supposed to be James Acaster who was like the headliner but then he was ill so they put Daniel Kitson on instead which is Great, except that Matt and I saw him a few months ago and we're going to see him. Yeah, January. And it was like all the same. late on a Sunday, so we were like, I can't really be bothered. So anyway, we saved Desiree Birch and then we saw two other comedians and by far she was so funny and um, quite to the bone about what she was talking about. Yeah, anyway, she was funny and um, she made me laugh a lot. Cool. And go and have a little watch of her because she's good. I think Beautiful. if she was doing something, I'm sure she has got a longer show because it's like, you know, when you go and see like a mixed set, you don't always see the whole thing. So it's only like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it was funny. Boom. Beautiful. Sounds delish. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. This is... It's been quite a short. Episode sweet 22. Um, we'll see you in episode 23 thanks very much for listening thanks for listening hit us up on socials at whataway_pod. generally speaking that's where we're at um, thanks to Tiffany and Imogen Imogen and all of the regulars all of the reg fans that we the love regs. so much but honestly we love it so much oh we do we send it to each other on our whatsapp it's ridiculous <laughs> it's like, yeah it gives us joy, so like, don't ever like c- comment away. Don't ever feel like you can't comment. Oh no, please do. And also, like, shout out to the la- to the lads. No, they're definitely ladies oh, that do outrageously, yes, <laughs> outrageously yes. unnecessary because we've kind of bonded on social, and they are so lovely to yes. us on social. Listen to the podcast, outrageously unnecessary. Because also, it's such a fantastic it's concept. Funny. Like, if anything, I'm annoyed that I didn't come up with that concept myself. Yeah, it's fucking great. The concept is it's all about wealthy people slash not wealthy people but people that have gone over and above and beyond on things that they've bought so from pharaohs to pharrell and that kind of thing i think they've just released episode five Mm -hmm. recently um but the two ladies that are part of it are hilarious and lovely and we're in part of a loving on social to be honest but also regardless of whether they were friends of us or not (laughs) we would recommend that podcast because it is really funny and also i love the concept Totally and outrageously unnecessary got me through. Like I was in in Kenya for work, so that like it sounds exotic, but it basically means I'm in a hotel for two weeks. And outrageously unnecessary, like got me through a lot of times in my hotel. <laughs> a lot of low times. I really, I really enjoyed. I was like trying to iron my business clothes. Like. <laughs> business. <laughs> For my business with a capital B. Of course. Um, so, yeah, listen to it. Yeah, they're, they're absolute dudes. We love them. Um, iTunes, Android, 
get them wherever you get your podcasts. Um, But yeah, we'll see you in episode 23. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.